what's going to be? How's it hanging? How's it happen? You guys know it is. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, the podcast inspiring young rock and metal fans to discover new music and feel their desire to connect and feel accepted. Welcome to the podcast once again, everybody. This one is about a band where when it comes to genre, I know I've said this before, but like you can't really put them in a genre, but these guys literally started a band. It's like, well, what do you guys want to do? But it worked out in the best possible way. And now the band is continuing to grow every day. Yeah, I said that every day. Before we jump in, though, I want to thank sponsorship for this podcast, which of course comes from Phoenix Fitness. So you guys know me. I love going to live shows, but what I love about live shows, I love mosh pits, man. I cannot stop. And my favorite thing to do is go from the beginning of the first band to the end of the last band and never, ever, ever leaving. So I have to do something with myself. And that stay, as I like to call, mosh pit fit. So how do I say mosh pit fit? Well, I'm going to the gym constantly, making sure my body is prepared for this kind of stuff. So I'm doing as much cardio work as possible. I'm making sure that I'm lifting weights so I can deliver those hits and take the hits from the big dudes. Because I'll say this, I'm not small, but I'm definitely not the big dude in the pit. Nate, I'm looking at you. But I mean, I got to make sure that I'm prepared and ready to do this stuff. So I have to make sure I'm maintaining my fitness goals of being mosh pit fit. And you can maintain your fitness goals well, whether it's be mosh pit fit or whether it's be, you know, however fit you want to be. But the other thing you have to do is consistently prepare and recover, right? Because you make sure your body is ready to go every given day and is building up on those muscles, being able to prepare, right? Recover, right? It's very important. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes in. They, they have many different types of supplements to help you achieve your fitness goals or get mosh pit fit. They have different types of pre-workouts, both sim and sim free. I use the sim free stuff because guys, I've got so much energy. I don't need any extra caffeine. Plus me and caffeine go, I'm like Kramer and Seinfeld's. We also have different types of BCW recovery compounds to get nutrients in your muscles directly after workout. Different types of creatine help you build muscle. Different types of protein, whey-based, plant-based, collagen-based protein. I use their uh, whey chocolate malt flavor. That's good stuff. And different types of multivitamins. Literally anything you might need to achieve your fitness goals and get mosh pit fit with us. Phoenix Fitness has to use. So our listeners and viewers on YouTube get 20% off using the code CPP20 at fnxfit.com. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Link description below. Now time for a feature presentation. Ooh, this is a good one. Coming all the way from Germany, we have Simon and Marcel from the band Senna to the podcast. And yeah, when it comes to genre, can we describe it? We're going to try to. So, without further ado, are you guys ready? Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. This one is going to be a lot of fun because I tried figuring out how do we describe this band, how do we describe their sound, Genre blending is really the only way I could possibly describe it because there are so many different pieces that can come in here all the way from like using vintage amps, these crazy analog synths, some nominal guitars and basses all put together. The style can really go anywhere and you're definitely going to want to check this one out. The band released their debut EP, A Moment of Quiet, back in 2022 and their single from that uh, EP, Rosehip, has been doing very well and you guys are definitely going to go check that out because there's a great music video out for it, there's a great story behind it, everything around there so enough with me but you know pumping up this band enough with me pumping them up and go like crazy because let's talk to them so please 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 welcome from germany marcel and simon from the band send it to the podcast so gentlemen welcome to court progression podcast jesus that that was awesome man <laughs> i want to be introduced like that forever now yeah like you could come and tour yeah yeah can I? Because that would be just awesome. Just coming up on stage, just like getting basically doing like WWE style promos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, Pump it up. Yes. Just like going like awesome. Triple H, like tonight. Uh, 
on this very stage will come a band to absolutely blow your mind. Man, that would be great, yeah. Like it, at nope. the moment, it's it's just me standing there and uh, not saying a word. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> just like start to raise the arms. Like, are you guys ready? And then all of a sudden, just you guys aren't moving yet. Okay, hit it. <laughs> yeah, it's especially like if you're if you're just uh, the opener, and because no one. I mean, let's be real. It's it's not like people dislike you, but they're not there to see you, kind of. So everyone's just uh, fixing their shit on stage, and then you go there, and it's like everyone's just looking around. I I guess we can start now, <laughs> and, and everyone's like, just imagine right now getting pumped by by this guy, like getting fucking crazy, like open up this shit. <laughs> that would be yeah. great, yeah. The crazy thing is, like, I've I've seen so many live shows. I mean, you guys have played so many live shows as well, so you guys can attest this. When it comes to a lot of those opening bands, I do agree. When fans go there, it's you know you want to see probably most likely maybe one of the middle bands because you're a very big fan of them, or, of course, the headliner because that's what the headliner is there for. So when that opening band comes, you're trying to get into the show. It depends upon how that's going to happen. But there are times where I've seen some bands open shows come right in and literally have that energy of just let's get everyone going they come in with the most manic style possible and by the time that like their set gets going within one song the whole entire crowd is jumping into it so if you guys can pull that off especially on this upcoming two you guys got coming up with Siamese and Resolve I mean you guys can definitely pull this off and just like instead of coming out and just like let's go do this no one's moving let's go hit it and then all of a sudden people are just like oh shoot the show started well now put you know stop the stop sitting at the bar let's come out to the show see what's going on and at the end of it you know they're gonna want instead of you know line up at the bar they'll line up at the merch table for you guys seeing like are these guys gonna come out can we meet these guys can we meet these guys i really want to especially after that set like come on we had we had like uh the complete opposite of that happened in berlin because for some reason our show got um we had to play 15 minutes early but no one told anyone so uh so uh we had to start and and people weren't even in the room yet it's like jesus do, do we need to start now that's rough and then we started going and it was like 20 people or something and then after like 50 minutes 20 minutes like people started to come in but it was kind of like the damage has been done it was like really they did us dirty <laughs> oh no like yeah it, I it really sucked how like how did that happen though especially with them doing something like that i've talked with a number of artists especially when it comes to the opening side of things and there's sometimes you know we're ba like ba it's they have the doors open and the band's gone like 15 or 30 minutes later and it's like that's just not enough time to get people into it and i've heard about some ones where all of a sudden it's doors open an hour before the show starts so that opener that goes on is playing in front of like a thousand people at least because people have yeah. had their time to get to the show if they're running a little later oh doors open an hour later so how did that all go down where you guys got you know it's like okay we play 15 minutes beforehand and by the time people really start coming it's like well now your set is done i mean kind of how did that all go down that's just really I, interesting to me i have no idea so so um it was very short notice the tour anyway so it was the tour with uh ocean grove and um so the, the boys were absolutely amazing lovely guys mm -hmm. um but but for some reason i don't know like 
what what happened but um for like, a lot I of know, the events there was a there was a, a big huge party afterwards uh because this was kind of an event location so they had a more like stack time you you had to to play early uh they didn't communicate that and they didn't even uh write it when they were uh posting it on instagram stuff yeah for, for all of the shows uh, people didn't know we were playing so when we played in cologne we were kind of setting up uh, our stage um in the middle of the day and then some random dude came came into the venue and um uh i was the first person he he got to so he asked me uh do you know what band is playing uh what band is opening for ocean girlfriends like um I, i'm like like my band Zena. hi nice to meet you check us out please <laughs> he's like it's it's written nowhere like i couldn't find anything so um there was like i don't know it's i guess it's fine like it was um i'm not sure we were asked maybe uh, yeah, just a few weeks before that if we want to play that um and we said yeah sure um but i guess there was not enough time to i don't know announce <laughs> that we're playing in in the official like ticket uh ticket sales uh sites and shit so i don't know like that part of it was really messy then also like some of the uh in one in one venue the guy got uh, corona who organized the whole event so that was messy as well i don't know like everything was just so messy um well, like but, who gives the shit yeah it's like i don't know we just played the shows there were like uh we got to meet uh the the ocean ghost uh ocean grove guys uh, which which were just like super nice to us um we we met a lot of like new people that enjoyed our music we we gained a few friends we met a few people that we kind of know from from our like hometown um uh, which which also traveled i don't know like to cologne which is two or three hour drive and then we met them there we didn't know we we would see each other all of that so i don't know it was really nice it was our first proper tour i would say where it's not going home in between geeks but just like staying on the road uh yeah that was it was a mess, like, but it was a like lot of anyway, fun. Anyway, uh, uh, the the shows were were still really good. They were crazy, like. But still, I could uh, see you uh, standing in front and pushing, like, pushing everybody to the limit. That would be mm -hmm. still great. Even though that one show is not didn't expect it to to go that well, but it would take you on tour. So if you're up to, you come down, and you'd be like our. Uh, Pump announcer. Up, I don't know. What do you say? Announcer. Just, hype, hype man. Yeah, be the hype, hype man. man. Yeah, the hype man. Yeah. See, that that'd be, be crazy. I'll say that'd be something I'd be totally down for, especially <laughs> because with you guys touring through Europe, I have not been back to you. I've been, I've been to Europe in 2019 and that was it. And I was only there for like a week. And that's definitely not enough time to experience, you know, a good amount of things, that, you know, over in that side of the world. I mean, for myself for that week, it was one of the craziest. It was probably the craziest week I've ever had in my entire life. So if it came to coming on tour, being a hype man, I mean, that's something I'm totally down for and trying to, again, do everything WWE promo style to get everyone <laughs> hyped up. But when it comes to that, you know, first proper tour with all those things that happened that were fantastic, but all those other things that happened where, you know, going on 15 minutes ahead of when you were supposed to be going on, not being necessarily put on the ticket sales or on the uh, maybe promoted correctly. It's something where, yeah, it's it sucks you guys had to go through that. But in the end, especially going on tours going forward, 
you got an idea of what to expect. You create a great relationship with the guys in Ocean Grove. On top of that, now you have a little bit more of an idea in terms of how to deal with some of these, how to deal with some of these promoters to make sure that you guys have what you need to do and you guys have enough, you know, say a little bit say so and enough heads up in terms of what's going on and enough promotion on the same side as well because as you guys release you know the debut ep last year and you guys continue to grow more and more people are going to want to come out and see you guys even if it is just on that opening spot for larger bands so people are going to want to have that time to make sure they're coming out and see you at the beginning of the show and not just like oh shoot we got here wait they're already done no (laughs) like literally literally we got that like people coming and saying, "Oh my god, just saw those only those fifteen minutes, and I was so mad that it, you guys played early." Well, that's cool. Like even these guys, they're pumped. They come the next time. We're playing uh, in Berlin next time uh, with that resolve uh, Siamese tour. So I guess they'll be coming because they want to see the whole set. So everything's cool. See, I'd be doing the same thing too. I've had that happen before myself, where I've gone to shows and all of a sudden the timing was just really off or that they just wasn't properly expressed. So I've missed a couple of songs from openers. I'm just thinking, dang, like sometimes I've actually gone to see the opener specifically and the timing just hasn't worked out right. And I missed like two or three songs and now I get mad at myself. It only makes me want to go and see that band again. So the next thing they come around, it's I'm going to make sure I see them. Maybe they're not, maybe they have more than an opening spot and I'm going to make sure I am there. I wouldn't say front row center. More, it's like mosh pit center for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm not sure if people are moshing that hard for us. It's it's uh, so far it's been tame, but it's not like we have some heavy parts. But I guess they they come too quickly out of nowhere for people to adjust. So it's all like I don't know. It's like a very chill song, um, like like not even metal music anymore. And then uh, everyone's just vibing. And then there's like this really crazy, uh, cr- crazy heavy part, and then people, oh, oh, oh. Uh, and then it's gone already. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like I could I could uh, promote those parts a bit earlier. Like, okay, you guys, you know what? Next thing is, and then everybody goes crazy. That's a good idea. Well, yeah, I think... they, those parts come really quick. If you if you know the music, there are parts like I don't know. We've got breakdowns that last for fifteen seconds max, but they're so wild. Like everybody is so. What the fuck? Didn't expect that shit to happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that with especially with your guys' music too, because there are so many different things that can happen within there, and there's a big period of time where. It's kind of, it's a little bit more upbeat, but you're still more vibing to it. It's not as heavy where it's going to be go smash and grab. It's not the breakdown of Diamonds Aren't Forever by Bring Me the Horizon consistently all the way through. But a couple of things on that. One, as people get to know your music more, people are going to those shows, they're going to know when those parts are coming so then they can prepare for them. Secondly, once you guys start playing, you know, more of these, fest- more of these festivals where it's focused in around that people at festivals don't care what's necessarily going on. So we will go and mosh for the absolute craziest things like a gigantic wall of death for the village. People singing the chorus to YMCA. It has (laughs) happened before. I have seen it. It is freaking hysterical, but at the same time, it's insane. But third, you know, you never know what kind of crowd it's going to be. Maybe the crowd just really gets into it. Even for bands that aren't going to fully bring that style of the pit, but the pit's going to end up going. I've seen it happen. Uh, so it happened last year. 
like Dayseeker was the headliner. And yeah, we, we know Dayseeker was going to play some of the heavier stuff, play some of the more vibey, more emotional stuff. People were going to still get into it. But then the opening bands that were on that tour as well before them, the same thing happened where some people didn't know the music, but for us that did, we were able to get stuff going and people were going crazy for Thornhill. People were going crazy for Holding Absence. People were going crazy for Caskets. So it just all depends upon maybe the crowd type as well in that setting where when those heavier parts come in, Maybe that crowd is just waiting for that moment. They go and do the smash and grab. And then when you guys are going with some of the vibey, some of their upbeat stuff, maybe instead of going with full smash and grab in the pit, we just start going and doing, you know, crazy weird dances, just like doing Conor McGregor mm. all the way through the pit because we think it's fun, which I would do. <laughs> yeah, if we, I, I, so, so all of us kind of played in, in just standard heavy, I don't know, like metalcore bands, or like transcore, like I I would say yeah, just some kind of hardcore, and, and um like for me personally, it's still it's still a bit weird to um to, to figure out like like how how do people rea- react to it? You know, mm-hmm. it's like because because um if you're playing in a metalcore band, it's just mayhem um <laughs> through the set and it's fine, you know, and then like sometimes you have one part that's that's maybe a bit like i don't know a bit softer a bit slower and then people can like get a breather in, and then it's just mayhem again but now for us i don't know like it's it's um it's not it's not that kind of music right so for me and i'm also just in general not super experienced with playing shows like i've uh, like with center it's only been a handful and also before that i i don't know i played maybe 20 30 shows in total which is not a lot um so I don't know like for, for me it's just like super super crazy um to to experience a lot of the things for the first time so on the last show we played with resolve actually and we did the classic uh just phone phone lights out thing which was the first time for me so it just hit me like a brick wall. I was like wow it was like um and I mean, it's like 70 people, which is like for me, super like it's a lot because I've, I've played shows in front of like seven people regularly. Mm. So for me, 70 people is already a lot. But then I don't know, like we went to Beartooth uh, uh, two, two, three weeks ago, um, where it's like, I don't know, like how many thousands of people. And it's like, I don't know, like it's it's just so such a wide range of things that can happen, like how people react to it. And for me, it's just been uh yeah just so wild um to to like people just coming to our shows like like you said like coming for the opener and it's like no we're here for you it's like <laughs> crazy damn like how much were the tickets <laughs> uh like i want to give them their money back you know it's like <laughs> it's so crazy um yeah and like seeing people dance to our music um seeing people march to our music um i don't know it's just it's it's still unbelievable especially after COVID, where it was like um i mean like people have talked enough about all of that stuff um but, but still at the same time you know like everyone was sitting on their asses for two two three years and now like starting that again it's just um i don't know see i can kind of see where you're coming from there specifically and think about this too. It's, you know, you're seeing Beartooth, you're seeing him play in front of, you know, thousands of people, you in the crowd as well. 
And with Beartooth, like you said, absolute mayhem. I mean, those shows are energetic as all hell. I think I like to describe it as like if you attach the, if you like took the car, uh, to like those like, uh, uh, God, I can't even think of what I would call them right now. Uh, like the jumper cables for your car, put them on the battery and then attach them to yourself and just feel the rush. That's like listening to bear too. That's always like to describe it, but it's yeah. just that energy. It's just, you know, you're going to see that and you're seeing in front of thousands of people, but imagine just like starting out, there's bands that do that start out and they play in front of seven people. They play in front of 70 people. All bands have to start out at that point where you're going to be playing in front of so little people. It's going to take time to build up to that point. Where you're playing in front of all those different kind of people and everyone's getting into the music every step of the way. But whether it's seven, whether it's 70, it's a moment where you can create something impactful for those people, especially on stage. You know, when you're playing in front of 70 people and you're saying at the end of the show, you know, put your phone lights out and let's, you know, vibe to this one more time. And you get all 70 of those people to pull their phone lights out. It lights up the room like crazy, no matter how big or small the room is. And it makes you feel like, you know, you're really doing something that's impacting people with your music. You're making them feel something that makes them feel positive in any sort of way. Whether it's positive about the things they're going through. Whether it's, okay, they're remembering things that might not be the best in life. But your music has helped them get through that. So it's going to see you live. They feel that connection there. I felt that plenty of times myself going to see live music. And I love seeing that happen every single time. And going forward as well, yeah, with your guys' music, it's not, again, not always, you know, smash and grab. It's something that's a lot more dynamic with all the different kind of genres that you blend into your styles. So it is maybe a little bit tough for people to get like, okay, we know when it comes to shows, we know how we're going to interact because we know where the style is going to go. But it allows you guys to try so many new things and connect with so many different fans because people can listen to music and maybe it might be not be a fully, you know, convoluted, like connected style for them. But because there are so many different pieces, so many different styles that also work within there, it blends into something that they're able to easily connect with and really get behind, whether it has a lighter sound that they're maybe not as keen to, or maybe it has a heavier sound that they tend to kind of step a little bit away from. But there's so many other things going on within that piece that they can connect to it. So it's it's might be a little bit tougher in a live setting until that moment happens where everyone gets to know Senna. And when you guys are playing, people know exactly what's going on because they're connecting with it in so many different ways where, yeah, you'll get the phone lights, you get the vibes, you get the good kind of feels, but also they're in some of those smash and grab parts, you're going to get people to go and try and, you know, see what happens when we run full force head first into somebody. Yeah, totally, nice yeah. No, it's like... Uh it's it's it i i think like we we cannot complain like the run we've had so far was just amazing um the feedback we get from the people was uh downright positive uh except i think it was like <laughs> there was one girl uh i i think she just like uh we finished our show and we're kind of like packing up our shit and then it's like what, what was their name Senna? they sucked um <laughs> but there was what? like just there was, I think there was just one girl or something, yeah. but no, like in general, I would say that people love it so far. We love it ourselves mm -hmm. as well. I'm, I'm just super happy. I mean, it's still in the beginning, but yeah, I think what you said is super important. Um, I think that's also probably my biggest takeaway with the Ocean Grove tour. It's like they, um, just had like 120% energy, um, every night and you know, like they played bigger shows already. But they were not like above these like tiny club shows as well. It's like just just give it your all. 
every single time no matter what and then yeah because like this this connection you have is like not dependent on on how many people you play and i think so so our drummer leon he's actually um a full-time musician and and he's played some really 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 big shows like uh stadium arena shows in front of like i don't know uh, he he opened for fucking alicia keys <laughs> like <laughs> Like he's like he's playing some really big geeks and and like talking to him is always really nice because it kind of like sets in perspective where, because he was like, I don't know, stage really big, like until like the distance to the first person is like 50 meters. You can't even see their face. It's like, hmm, I don't care. <laughs> it's like, um, because I really uh, I really hope none of us ever thinks, oh, it's only 200 people. Um, but but I I know that Simon and and Fabi like they played in local bands before I played uh, in local bands all my life. Like we came uh, we came from the bottom, so I think we always remember how we started out, and that, and it was a nice time always. You know, it's like um, of course it's always nice nice if uh, if more people come, but like there's so many good experiences and memories I have where it's been not a lot of people. Like sometimes it's maybe just ten people or so, but like you got really drunk afterwards or something, and then it's like <laughs> um, it's okay again, uh, I guess. Yeah, so I think for for us, like coming from that background, like we have really appropriate expectations, so uh, we can just like cruise through it and then just just take it in and then have a good time always. So far, I guess. I hope like we don't played, get full we've of played it. five shows. Like we we played five shows by now, is it right? Yeah, six five shows. shows. Six, six shows. shows. Yeah, that's not a six lot. Shows. <laughs> that's not a lot. But man, we got overrun at the merch store. Like not even for one time. Like it, the reaction is crazy, and uh, I don't know. I don't know where to put this because uh, yeah, I've been in a band that's playing like disco metalcore and stuff <laughs> people really dig that music but uh like the fans didn't come that that often uh to the merch store they didn't talk a lot to us they were like oh cool this is cool to mosh and went yeah. off yeah but now we got those people that are really digging the music they like came for for a being is notion went in two two days with that with them and they went to those shows and they came to us after our, our set and they were like totally crazy i've never heard of you guys and this is insane instant fan and and those people uh, uh gave me a push to 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 do this 100 like this is really good this is really crazy that's like everything i want people people now uh, listen to the music and being like blown away that's what i want I'll say it's it's in those moments or like when you get interactions with fans like that where, you know, maybe you're not going to get as many people coming to the shows, maybe because you're just not connecting with the music as fully yet. And maybe it's just somewhere it's just not as fully out there and available where they haven't had the time to connect with it as much. And so when you see in those shows, it's, you know, maybe playing in bands before, like you had said, where you're seeing more people come to the shows. But then at the end, the merch table, people just aren't necessarily showing up. But now you've got somewhere, okay, starting back out again, starting to go back out on the road, starting back out with these shows. 
yeah, they're not you're not seeing as many people out there. But then when you're going back to the merge table after the set and you're sitting there, people are consistently coming up and people are, you know, wanting to support the band. People are buying the shirt. People are buying anything that they can get their hands on. And people are connecting with you guys personally where, you know, every time you have one of those interactions, it's time to connect with that person and give that person a positive interaction so that they go forward, continuing to listen to the band, continue wanting to seek out the band, wanting to see you guys play live and go forward from there. And yeah, with how many billions of people there are in the world, I think we're almost at 8 billion or maybe have just crossed that where it's, you know, it's you're not going to get everybody or you're just not going to get that vast, you know, group of people where all of a sudden you drop a song and, you know, 30 million people listen to it right from the get go. But those bands have built up to that. But you have the opportunity right then and there to interact with those people one-on-one and create that interaction because you never know exactly who they're going to connect with around the music, who they're going to talk to about it, who they're going to get into it at that point. So when you're giving it all and when you're in those more intimate shows where instead of, you know, like your drummer being able to play stadium shows and you're the first person you see is 50 meters away, you can't see their face. But in those club shows, it's, the closest person to you is literally here's this, like here you guys are up on stage. And then that little dip, it's like, they're already right up to the front and they're just right. Like seeing you. And it seems like you're like face to face. So they're like, "Uh uh-huh. Like, let's keep going. Let's keep playing. Let's keep having some fun. It's those are people that are going to consistently, you're able to connect with at that point in time. And I always look about it this way too. And I kind of bring this up to other, other bands, especially some of the ones that are on the younger side. When you're playing those shows, it's, you know, the people that you're able to connect with and impact at that moment are the people that are right in front of you. Of course, we'll be playing to bigger people, but those people aren't there right now. It's the people that are in front of you right then and there. So whether it's five, whether it's 10, whether it's 50, whether it's 100, whether it's 200, whether it's 1,000, whether it's 10,000, those are the people that you directly can impact with your music right then and there. So Marcel, like you said, always wanting to give it your all. It absolutely makes sense because that's your time to make that connection with those fans that are right in front of you. Whether your music is all smash and grab, whether your music is much more emotional, or whether your music is like what you guys have right now where it's just, it can flow from so many different places, but all we know is that the quality is absolutely going to be there. Cheers to yeah, you, that's, man. That's, that's what we're trying as well. Um, that's, that's also something that we, uh, we're really scared to do because I don't know, like it's definitely, I think... Um, so so Leon and Toby, so Toby's the other guitarist and Leon, so they're both like professional musicians. So for them, um it's uh they they know their shit. They know their shit, they know how to set up a live show um in the best quality possible, right? Um but but Simon Fabi and I we we are not professionals at all. <laughs> So when we started this thing, um, and and when we were writing, we were not really thinking about like how it translates to life. We just wanted to write nice music, right? And then um, at some point, we realized, okay, we need to play this live as well. And then that was also uh, I'm always like, oh shit, that was shocking. That was really like, <laughs> was like oh, oh fuck, Marcel, that was planned as a studio band. What 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 are we doing right now? <laughs> Yeah, it was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, there's like how many guitar layers? It's like 15, 16. Oh, shit. And, but, but it worked out um, like brilliantly. Um, for like, we had, we had one, um, 
like the the final rehearsal where we actually rented out a venue to to see how it translate like to a to proper sound system and all of that and then we played and it was lost and and we played and none of us were happy it was really shit and and like um everyone was really beat down oh fuck jesus like we can't like if if we play like that it like shit's not going to end well for us and then we I don't know, went through all our set, went through all of like the electronics, all the technical details, cleaned all yeah, of we, that up. We planned those shows like uh, everybody's uh, having some big, big ass uh, headphones and like <laughs> crazy sounds. We, we had it all, like everything <laughs> from the, the sub layers to, to everything was there. We, we, had, we had like a crazy sound on our in-ears but when we first heard that live, it was it was whack. Oh. It was yeah. a big work to do, man. <laughs> yeah, like we 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 played everything in our sound guy. Um, he he recorded it and played it back to us. Um, and everyone was just lo- like looking at you. I was like, that's kind of shit, man. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know. Like we figured we figured it out all like. Mo- like our our foh his name is also fabi which is a bit confusing but um <laughs> like he's our like our our main foh which we try to bring everywhere he's also going with us on tour and with like he's he's definitely like the sixth member of center and arguably the most important <laughs> so um I guess it's Simon and him because Simon is the, like a lead singer. You cannot really replace it, and the FOH is just like super fucking important to because because our sound is I would say probably more complicated than just I don't know having like one amp for guitar, one amp for bass. But yeah, like he managed to um, dig us out, just clean everything up. Then we listened back to it. We were happy. We played the first shows. Everyone was happy. We were getting a lot of compliments on sound. Um, so so that worked out. But that was like not um, not trivial. <laughs> um, and we were really really uh, we had a lot of respect. Let's put it that way. Um, it's also like not easy to play, especially on guitar. So like very guitar driven music. Um, I don't know, like there's there's a lot of challenges with that that which um we didn't think about when we when we wrote the stuff. Um especially Lavender. Um is a song that um uh, I fucking hated in the beginning, uh we're playing live because it was <laughs> well, just, it took like, it took so long for myself to yeah. love that song. And I was like, it's a crazy good song. Why were you hating on your own song? Yeah, it's just a- because <laughs> it sounded not how you expected it to sound live. By, yeah, but by, by now it's crazy good, isn't it? Yeah, we played the first two shows and it never felt right. And you could also see, like, we opened with it as well, which is like, like we opened with a, like a song that's not working super well, um, where people don't know us necessarily. And it was like, uh, for the first two shows, that was kind of our start, um, which everyone like felt a bit uncomfortable with because it just didn't work out that way but but then again i don't know we just put out uh like put in some work again and then um i don't know like added some backing tracks to kind of like just just uh glue the stuff together a bit better and and yeah now it works out again and then um now it works out because it's just said let's get started with a banger and now yeah i mean that shirt starts really good 
I mean, we start with Rosehip now, which is like, uh, yeah, makes a lot more sense because like some people already know it. Um, like if, if people know one song from us, then it's Rosehip. Um, mm -hmm. So we start with that and then, I don't know, like it kind of sets the tone already. And then when we play Lavender, it just works out way better. The song just sounds better as well. Like Lavender, we just polished, uh, added some stuff to it, play, play it a bit differently. But yeah, like it's a lot of work, uh, which which I don't know, like coming from a metalcore band, it's like just wasn't there. It's just like play the breakdowns and, you know, like if the drummer can play double bass somewhat tightly, you're kind of good. <laughs> yeah, see, I, that can make sense of out of a lot of that as well. And thankfully, you guys end up renting out that venue and giving it a shot live in that setting because, yeah. you know, in your in-years, you guys might have been playing the first show and you might have thought, this sounds fantastic, this sounds perfect. But then you're looking at the crowd wondering, what the heck is going on? Thank God you guys did that so that you guys could get that figured out, Get you know, with Fabian, uh, your final house guy, just get everything put together so that that first show, everything did come out fantastic. And like you had just said, Marcel, when it came to putting this stuff together with all the different layers on these songs that you guys have with your guitars, it, it's something where in that live setting, it's not going to be the easiest thing to re like put out there and fully reproduce because again, you're you're playing you're able to play one guitar at that one point in time and you have uh it's over there you him he's able to play guitar at that one point in time there but what all those different layers maybe you're missing out on a specific sound that is like the key in that song that gets people really amped up like in rosehip like just maybe the way the guitar is sounding specifically in that little bit of a pre-chorus that leads into the full chorus like you want to have that piece in there to really drive that forward to get into the chorus and just have that blast to really hit everybody but maybe in a live setting, it's, you know, maybe a couple layers here that are missing. So, yeah, you want to figure out how do we do this? How can we reproduce this to make sure that we can play this live, but make sure that it absolutely hits the fans the way we want to hit them so that the energy flows and people are feeling the music a lot more. So that now when you guys are playing this, you're opening with Rosehip, everything comes through, everything is happy, everybody is, you know, feeling it. And because it's one that people most likely know, all of a sudden you're opening with that. People are coming into the venue. People are like, okay, you know, we're trying to get going on to this. And they hear a song that they instantly recognize. All right, now everyone's into it. Now you can start playing some of the other stuff that maybe they don't necessarily know, but they're open to that experience. One thing I do want to ask though is, you know, we talked about you guys playing in some local bands, those local metalcore bands, the heavier style. That's a lot more, you know, smash and grab. But the style you guys have with Senna, it is so much more than that so when it came to writing the music and really trying to create your own style with Incena, how did you guys go about doing this it is something that i've been kind of wondering since i found out about the band i'm like how are they doing this this is something that's a little different than what i'm used to from any really band that i've been interviewing so how do you guys come up with the sound we don't know <laughs> yeah that's like no that's like uh he's not wrong um I think so. So one person that plays a huge part, so already seventh band member of Senna, so to say. So we work with a producer called Manuel Renner. Um, and he uh, he's actually producing a lot of music um, in Germany at the moment. Like he's he's really made uh, a name for himself, uh, like for, for a lot of like he produces a lot of just newcomer bands. A lot of them are able to um, are to be successful with that as well so like he he knows his shit um but when i messaged him so we don't have like the the usual relationship with him where we uh 
where we just rent his space, rent his time, um, bring our songs and be done with it. But actually, he just writes with us. Um, so so he's like, he's actually more more of a member of Center than just being our producer. And we sent him our stuff. And like right from the beginning, um, that, so so I it, this whole thing started actually with Rosehip. So this was kind of the first demo. Um, which um i don't know like rosehip just has a lot of riffs so this is kind of like there, there was not super much there but like especially for lavender which was the first song that like he actually uh, co-wrote like when he came came into the project he was like um like i'm producing all of these metalcore bands and they want to sound like this and I do it for them because it's my job. <laughs> like I, I serve them, uh, but I kind of want to write my own stuff. So we said, "Yeah, let's let's go." Uh, what what do you have in mind? He was like, "I don't know what I have in mind. I just don't. I just want to do what what I want to do in this moment." Like if um, and he listens to just every genre. Like he's the only person I know that like doesn't lie if he says he listens to everything. <laughs> you know, and we just like gave him a stage for that because usually um like he produces a lot of metalcore brands and he produces them super well um and but but and and like he he probably also gets to be creative in there but it's all in in the bounds of the respective genre kind of um and and we like from the beginning we just kind of said we don't want to do that <laughs> so it's just like open field for everything um and he and and that's why he actually got excited working with us um i mean i worked with him before on a on a metalcore on like on my old metalcore brand that's how i know him um so when i reached out to him he um we knew we had like good chemistry also like like just personally but also like um um like musically but but then like for, for him that's really the project we where he can just try stuff out and no one just says no all the time because I guess that's usually how it works when you're a producer like you have a lot of ideas you present them to to your customers and they say like yeah I kind of want to sound it like this you know and like that 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 process process doesn't exist for us where we say we want to sound uh like we want to sound like this or this should is supposed to be like it's not supposed to be anything so most of the time he just like shows me some random um uh, like the last band he showed me was um like an underground alternative russian rock shoegaze band or something like that and it's like how do you find that man <laughs> I, like how do you even find that and then it's like yeah but listen to that one like guitar sound and that's how he operates and with everything we just say yeah you know let's try it out um, and and that's how all of this um like genre mashing happens and to me the craziest thing is that it still sounds coherent <laughs> to not like <laughs> like i don't know it, like that part doesn't make sense to me but that just shows that he's like i don't know i i love the guy i'm very good friends with him um but he's just like a master at his craft like bringing all these different elements to it i mean for like a, for for a year or two he also produced a lot of german rap music 
which is also like very different from uh the usual metalcore stuff but that's how he learns a lot of i don't know like when i guess when you're when you're doing rap music you learn so much about vocal um like vocal chains vocal post-processing and shit um so that's that's definitely where all the genre blending comes from i'm also sure like uh, a lot of us just don't listen to metal much maybe like i don't listen to a lot of metalcore myself i have also listened to a lot of like i don't know yeah rap music um i listen to a lot of techno music a lot of electronic music um and also some metal music of course but not not just that so so yeah there's a lot of influences and and manuel is not afraid to just see where it goes and then it's kind of like we are writing the music and checking out how we can make it work afterwards for life. That's kind of how we write the music as well. Whereas like, just record this weird ass synth sound <laughs> or like, uh, we have like one, uh, deep, like monk choir thing with, with like, like Mongolian throat singing and all of that shit. And, uh, I don't know, we found it funny and then, um, Made you it don't work. hear that stuff when you first time listen to it. Like, perhaps it's just me, but the, the layer of everything that comes together is so well done that you don't hear like uh, crazy stuff, monks crying their names out and stuff. You don't hear that for the first time. But uh, if you listen closely, there's so much stuff in it. And for, I don't know, we started this to... Uh, just in the in the love of music we didn't want to make this like i, I mentioned earlier we didn't know that would become a band that's going to be live on tour and now we have like 16 dates europe tour uh, coming up next week and i think that's a big part where uh when marcel and me met on the internet and said like oh man i like your stuff i like your riffs why don't we put on a band and see where that goes, where the, where the flows and that just happened. I think that's also a big part. Like we didn't even, we didn't plan, we didn't plan to, to go for big live shows. We were just wanting to, to, to make really good music. And I've, I've listened to your stuff myself first time and I was blown away and I said, man, I want to go and um, do do some some crazy vocals on your on your on your guitars and that's how it started i don't know the 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 stuff we do is is kind of different because we put on so many styles like you said but i think the most important part is that we just love to do music and we've been making music for i don't know i'm an old guy i've been making music for like 20 years now Oh yeah, God. so I'm 26. I, I've not been doing music for 20 years, <laughs> but maybe, maybe close, maybe 50 or something. Yeah, but it was always kind of uh, the idea to to start a band and to play rock and ring and stuff, <laughs> to play the big festivals. Yeah. That's always something you, you go for. You go out, you find your guys to make music. Make you, you, you think about oh man what could go with the flow what is what is every metalcore band doing and that's going crazy good so we did that and it didn't no one like it, we went pretty well but it wasn't like 
wasn't good for us. It wasn't good for ourselves. Like now it's it's making music we love and 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 making music just for I don't know because it's so fun to play metalcore and the next part is some junky crazy riff coming from I don't know jazz and stuff. That's that's just that's just real pure love for for music. I think also like one one part that kind of like I mean, we're still somewhat commercially successful. I mean, not commercially, um, but but like we're we're getting there somehow. And I think like the the nice thing this uh, about Manu because I guess there's a lot of bands that just do music for the love of music, but it ends up just being too weird for for <laughs> like the majority of people. You know, uh, I think the reason why this kind of does not happen for us is also that. Um, with Manuel and uh, and also I learned to to think about it that way. Like, but but um, so so it's not he's um kind of still interested um in 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 just like like having something polished, you know. But but it's not really never thinking about do, will people like this to just like to do a great product like to create a great product and 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 he's not afraid to try out stuff so i guess that's um i don't like if it's a good if it's a good um analogy to that but like if i if i think about like apple products they're a business they just want to like do profits like that's clear mm -hmm. um but at the same time like like i guess like how i see it at least or how i, how I understand it like steve jobs was like he was an asshole <laughs> probably but like he was also a type of person who was just in love uh with with nice things kind of and, and it's the same for us it's like we want to try out weird shit as well but it has to be a nice with that like it's um and, and also like i know for instance from leon and toby that's how they feel about live music so when when we started to talk about how we want to do this live i was like i want no backing tracks because i'm a musician i'm a guitarist and i like i i am proud of myself and they were like i fucking stupid man <laughs> like do you do, do you want the, the audience to not enjoy our music because that's what happens if you like just leave out all the important stuff and also and, and then from there like personally I learned to just enjoy this side of it as well where it's like it's it's for me like it's it's uh right now it's a lot of fun to think about it like that as well where it's just like I don't know a well-made product as well um and and for me when i when when i was like an angsty uh edgy teenager for me that was just the opposite and it couldn't coexist and i think that's for how i see the success of center so far is like embracing embracing that so like it it has to be weird it has to be authentic it has to come from the heart but at the same time it also has to be a really fucking good product you know like you cannot like you should spend money on good production it shouldn't sound like a tin can you know when you hit the drums and and if you have a lot of like synth stuff that needs to come out live as well because that's that's who we are you know 
Um, yeah, so learning all of that um, has been my like personal Zenner journey, just like having that coexistence of just doing something that's really cool for everyone, but like not, it's not sellout for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I've, I've really learned to embrace that. And I think like for me, that's super, like that's been super important, especially with playing guitar, having a lot of internet elitists, um, <laughs> having a lot of kids talking shit. Then there was like this whole controversy on Instagram where everyone was faking their stuff. And I was like, Jesus, a lot of stuff going on. See, we kind of just look, taking in that whole entire backstory around how you guys have created this sound and where it all came from. I've never really fully heard of, I've heard of people like writing alongside their producer, but I've never fully heard of it as the producers wanting to also write at the exact same time as open all these different ideas. And the band's just like, you know what, let's write alongside you. Let's have some fun with this. Let's see what happens. And then magic ends up coming out of it. And the thing I think what really allows that to happen is what, um, is what Simon said when you guys were starting this band, it was, what do you guys want to be? Well, you guys really didn't know at that point, but what it allowed you guys to do is be open to whatever you wanted it to be. You weren't putting yourselves in a certain box of, okay, this is the goal that we have. This is the sound that we want, and we have to stick within this. So every time, maybe if you were doing that, you take your music to your producer, it's like, well, okay, what do you want? We have these ideas. No, 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 no. We want to sound like Semper Eternal, Bring Me the Horizon. That's it. No, 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 no. That's not happening here. What you guys are doing is you're open to the experience. You're open to letting these songs and these styles just happen. You're letting things flow the way that they're supposed to naturally so that from the fans' perspective, when we're listening to the music, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. Yeah, it's not one consistent sound, but when we listen to these songs, they flow cohesively from one spot to the next because you guys were open to trying these different ideas that can potentially make them stand out more than they ever possibly could. And it just takes on a whole different life of its own. So what you know, when you're getting to the point in time where, you know, like Marcel like said, there's the Instagram people, the elitists out there, like, oh, you guys are this isn't what I want. They're fake. This is are you faking, you know, the stuff that's on Instagram? You know what? You're always gonna have people like that. There's always gonna be people out there that are not gonna be happy with your music, that are gonna try and bring you guys down, and it could be for a couple of reasons. One, they're just nasty people, two, they have nothing better to do in life, and three Honestly, I don't even know what three is. It's usually one of the two. It's they're either just nasty people or they have nothing better to do in life except try and tear other people down so that they feel just as bad as them. But at that same point in time, you guys have found exactly what you wanted to find. You guys let this thing blossom into what it is today from, you know, let's just see what this goes, see where this happens, see how everything ends up working out. You guys release music that is connecting with people that has more of this diversity behind it in terms of, what the sound is going to sound like, how these guitar sounds are going to be, how everything is layered, and then how everything is going to flow together so that when you guys have an idea or when you're working with your producer and he has an idea, you guys are open to trying something and you never know what might happen. Maybe on the next release that you guys are working on, it could have something that is completely out of left field. Like We're not expecting any of this to come out, but it might be the piece and it might be the point in time where all of a sudden, 
people listen to it, people get attached to it, and you get that moment where Senna just absolutely blows up on TikTok like Bad Omens did with Just Pretend, or Catch Your Breath did with Dial Tone, or Sleep Token did with every single song they've released in 2023. (laughs) And you guys just start picking up and going forward with it because you were not afraid to try something with it. It is the basically the bedrock of your band when it comes to sound where it's we're willing to try anything that we find that works that find that, you know, works for us in the writing that we're doing and we're not afraid to go forward and see what happens with it. You're not afraid to hear, "Oh, it doesn't sound like Rosehip did. This is bad." Well, not every song is going to be sound like Rosehip. Not every song is going to sound the exact same. If every song sounded the exact same, then we would have, you know, in 2013, 2014, everyone would have wrote, written Shadow Moses and that was it. It would have been boring as all hell. You guys are trying to do stuff that you guys want to do, but it also allows you to be as creative as possible to get whatever message you're trying to get out, get whatever sound you're trying to get out and create something that in the end is going to be a lot more fruitful than just the same old, same old over and over again. Absolutely. Like perhaps people will get mad, but I don't know. We don't have, we're recording our album right now. And I don't think we have a song that's actually like close to Rosip in the same way. We don't have any song like everything sounds different. But at, at, I mean, it, even it, on the EP, there was no song that sounds yeah. like Rosip. It's like, um, I don't know <laughs> why or or why not. I, I, I guess so for me, I feel like I can hear that Rosip was kind of the first song we've written um because like i don't know there's a lot of stuff missing for me in rosip and it has a lot of uh, a lot of things to do with uh still figuring out the process but like rosip for me is almost kind of the most boring song because it's like very very i mean i like riffs um i i was never elite lead guitar player i just like riffs um i'm super proud of of i don't know like um the the rose hip chorus riff is actually the instagram post that simon messaged me over so so when he heard that riff he messaged me and said let's do something with that so like i get it that it's like a nice riff um and a lot of people like get that get that stuck in their head but like a lot of the stuff that makes fan- zena fun to me is not in rose hip um and it's like and also like not even like i don't know with the album people will need to be like patient with that because uh oh man did i say something that's going to be taking a while i think so yeah yeah like it's 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 not coming out for a while but like um to me that's definitely um like I was really afraid to not match the quality of the EP because I was really like proud of that and happy with that. But to me, the 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 LP is just like the next the next step for Zena. Honestly, it absolutely like, next level. Yeah, it sounds like way different and um like I'm also sure like that that maybe it puts some people off because it's like less guitar driven maybe or less guitar focus um i i think yeah i don't know like it's definitely guitar driven but a lot of songs 
on the EP are like very fun to play on guitar and it's like hard to play. And we did also like we did these like Instagram challenges where you put out some tabs and, and let people figure it out and play it. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and we'll I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll still have to, but not with every song, you know, there's also some songs where it's just like eighth notes, it's like the like in some ways it's more it's more like the modern metalcore where it's not super crazy riffs necessarily in the chorus but it's just like some some wall of sound but then i don't know the production is really um sophisticated a lot of elements a lot of synth elements um, a lot of elements from genres we didn't use before i don't know like we have some like pop punk verses uh going on with a lot of stuff we have yeah i don't know there's so much stuff going on um so like having that in mind and thinking about rosip it's almost like <laughs> it's i don't know it, it, it's the it's an outlier for me in that sense almost which yeah. doesn't mean someone should feel bad if he likes that song it's like it's still cool for me like i still not, like to hear that people like that song of course and one thing that might have happened to when you guys end up releasing that LP is if you guys are working with so many different, you know, so, trying to know so many different things, working in so many different styles, just putting so many different things together and things aren't necessarily sound like how people might think what they might hear like with Rosehip. What might happen is, is you're going to release it and you're going to get these reviews where it's like, well, I like this part, but I don't like this part of it. Or you're going to get a bunch of people like saying, okay, this is the best song. They like, but these songs really kick ass, but these songs I'm not the biggest fan. But it's just, if you're going with so many different dynamics, it's people, especially out, you know, they're not going to like every single genre people. We, we know that we know that we, there's stuff that we like, there's stuff that we don't like. And when bands have songs that or albums or LPs that have that dynamic flow to them, there are certain songs that we connect with a lot more because maybe it's in a specific style. Maybe it's got the same flow. Maybe it's got the energy that we're looking for. But some songs might be a little bit too different where we're like, okay, we're going to, you know, back off on this. But it allows that dynamic to hit and allows you guys to continue to test out what you want to do. And that's the, again, the backbone of Senna. You guys are just freely doing whatever you feel like doing. It is the bedrock of that. When you guys start out, like I said, what do we want to do with this? We don't necessarily know where this is going to go, but it allows that openness to happen and allows you guys to experiment with so many different ideas, so many different styles so that these songs can come out as dynamic as possible and deliver the sound the way that you want them to deliver. So when that does end up happening, it's going to be interesting to see how so many different people react. I'm really looking forward to it now, especially after this conversation. And I know it's going to be a while, but there are times where, of course, bands release that stuff. It's like, well, is this going to work? And I'll even, I keep bringing up, bringing the rise, but I got to bring it up again. Look at what they did in 2020 with post-human survival horror. There were so many different styles and so many different things going on in that EP. However, it absolutely hit every step of the way. And it's just, people got absolutely into it. I soon got insanely into it. And in the end, when people listen to what you guys end up coming out with, as long as they are going into it with, you know what? This is Senna. Senna does whatever the heck they feel like. I'm just here for the ride and just going to see what happens. You might find a song or two in there that if you listen to it just without that mindset, like I only like metalcore, or I only like death metal, or I only like pop punk and post-hardcore and that's it. You might be missing out on something that you're really going to get into because of a certain premonition. So if you're going into listening to Senna with an open mind, just open to the experience, trust me, you're going to enjoy it every step of the way, no matter what style you really associate with, what style you really care for. You're just going to enjoy it, man.
Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. We, there's we get... there's one. I just sorry, Simon. I need to yeah. say this, but there is a way to listen to two album songs. Um, and it's coming up. Yeah, we're playing two songs from the album on tour. Man, I just wanted to say that too. Oh, okay. Oh! Sorry. <laughs> I I I wasn't sure, but I I couldn't pass the opportunity to plug our own tour again. Yeah, yeah we're playing. Play we're playing two, two songs. songs. Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 I have to tell one thing. Like we we've been on tour and we started to play the first shows uh, when our EP was like releasing. We had five songs on that EP, and we were like. We can't do this. We can't just play five songs in front of, I don't know, holding absence and being in the ocean. So f- five songs will take us like close to 20, 20 minutes or something. So we started, we already got some uh, uh, close to finished songs uh, for the album. And we took two of those. Now I just wanted to say, everybody that hasn't heard of us yet is asking us about one song and that's not the EP song. It's one song we've never released. And they were like, man, where can how's that song called? I don't know. It's even it doesn't does it have a name? I don't know. It's a Finnish name. I we actually say it. No, I don't say a name for the for the song because it it just <laughs> pops in middle of the set. And we've been we've had so many people coming up afterwards and like, how's that song called? I want to listen to that song. So Masai gets like when the EP was finished, he was like, I don't know. It was so, he was, oh, I can't, I don't know. I can pull those songs. Hopefully I can even do, I can do one or two songs that kind of get close to the EP. And I was like, what are you talking about? I've heard now so many ideas you haven't put on a, a, a full song about. And now, and now this. <laughs> yeah. No, it worked out. It worked out. I had like, uh, I was so fucking scared of like going back into the studio and not, uh, I don't know, like I, I, it felt really high stakes, you know, because um, so so the the kind of story how we even got to know Tom Williams, um, who's our manager. He's also like the guitarist for Stray uh, from The Path, but like he's also managing a lot of bands. Um in the scene um and we're by far the smallest band (laughs) like by far like he's managing some huge bands and like he's being very successful with it and the story how we even got to know him is that he has like this twitch stream going on where he's just listening to new music that like the viewers Mm -hmm. can suggest and he someone sent in rosip actually um and and he listened to it and he he uh yeah, liked it so much that he messaged us afterwards. Um, and having and and then from there we got um uh, we got to talk to Sharpton. We're now with Tandem Management, which is like he's he's um he's a manager for Tandem. We're with Kingstar Booking. Like this all happened because like um the, the EP songs were nice enough for them to to take yeah to take a plunge with us so having that in mind i was like really fucking scared (laughs) too um because i knew okay like that's um like we've the stuff we put up seems to be like of good quality um and and people seem to really enjoy it and of course there's certain expectation um so i was never thought like i was scared that machine was gonna to work like you were you're working like a machine for those new songs for the LP. 
and yeah we really found of, our groove yeah yeah never thought of like we you we record music in the way that we don't want we don't have dumb songs we we don't dump for now we don't dump songs and we recorded songs in in a way we changed them in the progress and we got songs that like by now had five or five or four uh, choruses and that changed in a way that where everybody's gonna say man we could do that we could do that and it's i don't know it's it's so crazy that those songs come out by now in a day or two those songs are so well produced mm. and you kind of get your style together and everything. So I was, I was like, from the start, I knew that's going to happen that way. I don't know why you were so, so bad at thinking that's not yeah. going to be this way. Yeah. I don't know. Like I've, I'm already worrying about like second album songs. <laughs> oh man, don't worry about that. Like, I mean, you not, the even, first not even first album is like still, I don't know, like years, years out from 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 being released and I'm, oh, fuck. Yeah, don't you just say true, years man. out that's not so true man it's, i don't know like maybe maybe a second COVID or something hits i don't know oh don't like, even go there man don't even go there i don't <laughs> want to think about that because what i want to do right now is i want to buy a plane ticket come out to europe because if you guys are playing two songs off of the upcoming lp at some point in time and those are the ones that are hitting a lot heavier with the fans and like really connecting with them, man, I want to see and hear these now. But of course, if I'm going to do that, I got to go out and see you guys live. So, um, shoot. Okay. Might have to take out a loan. I have to sell a kidney, but you know what? <laughs> it can potentially happen. So gentlemen, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, so I can find a way to sell a kidney to come and see you guys. One thing I always like to do at the end of episodes is give a chance but for my guests, which is both of you, a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the episode. So Marcel and Simon, floor is yours listen to the music i don't know what to say just listen to I, I'm, I'm made happy by by people listening to your music that's all i want to say that's just making me happy and i'm a, i'm the old guy in the band i've seen a lot now nah, but <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that sounds too crazy i've seen a lot of stuff i've seen, seen in the world no i've seen a lot of stuff in this music industry and i thought like my career in, in music was done and i'm so just i'm just so happy to play my songs out live and i kind of think when you come to a show you feel that because i'm just so unbelievably happy to to go out and present those songs so just listen to your music that's all i can say man say uh marcel you got anything to add to that or Am I going to um, go full promo and close this bad boy out? <laughs> no, so uh, I I'll do the um, standard. So we have a uh, we have a YouTube channel where we upload a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of playthroughs. Um, so if especially if you're a musician or if you just enjoy like having a bit of behind the scenes, go check out our YouTube. Go check out our Instagram. We will also start a TikTok for the tour. So also uh, keep an eye on that. Um, one thing I actually learned, which is like um, also really cool, which maybe not everyone knows, but you can actually also follow on Spotify, and that's probably the best way to see if we're playing near you. So follow us on Spotify if you enjoy the music, so you will be updated with new music if we release it. You will be updated with like concerts, and 
please come to our concerts and say hi to us. We love to chat with you. Um, even if you don't buy merch, just come to the merch uh, table and say hi. No worries. Um, yeah, that's it. And and uh, please check out the Chord Progression podcast from Kevin, of course. Oh, man, I love the little plug at the end of this. And now it's time for me to end this episode with three very specific things. First things first, when it comes to Senna, yeah, you're going to want to follow along with him on everything because the music is incredibly dynamic. You never know exactly what's going to happen next in the best way possible. And when that LP ends up coming out, when they're going to be two or more, you're going to want to follow along with all that stuff. So the best way to do that is to go to the description of this podcast where it says Find Senna Online. Links for everything social media-wise. Links for the YouTube channel. Links for the TikTok page so you can watch everything that happened on tour and all the crazy stuff they got into because there's probably going to be at least one or two crazy stories that end up happening due to the fact that, well, that's usually the way that life ends up going and where you can find them online where you can get some merch now where you can find where they're going to be playing so that you can actually go and meet these guys at the merch table talk to them maybe pick up a t-shirt or two because that sounds like a good idea and where you can stream download buy their music all that kind of stuff and when it comes to spotify links will be down there as well so you can hit that follow button make sure you're following along with them now it's time for number two, gentlemen. So whenever I have guests on the podcast, I enjoy having on the podcast. I tend to make a certain promise as a way to say, thank you for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I would like to support the band any way I can continuing going forward. So this type of promise has been hit on so many different occasions. And you guys absolutely hit on this as well. I like to say when. When is a promise of it's going to happen? We just don't know date or time yet. Not if. If implies it might not happen. So when I get to see Senna perform live for the first time. I am going to do my best Liam Neeson impersonation, and I will look for you. <laughs> I will pursue you. I will find you. And first round's on me when I do so. Awesome, man. Yeah, <laughs> let's do that. Hell yeah. So then, number three, as we bring this podcast to its full conclusion, I cannot end by saying goodbye because this is a hell of a lot of fun. I would love to have you both back on the podcast again in the future. I cannot wait for that, you know, first time I can see you guys play live. I got to make good on that promise. And when that LP comes out, whenever it comes out, hopefully it's not after second COVID and not after I fully sold a kidney or some other organs to come out and see you guys play live. I cannot end this by saying goodbye. That is way, 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 way too final. So I'm going to end it by saying this. I'll see you later. <laughs> see you later, Kevin. See Thanks for later, having Kevin. us. Well, well, folks, that's my interview with Simon and Marcel from the band Senna out of Germany. And now it is time for Kevin's final thoughts. So my final thought on this one is going to be rather simple. When I heard the guys talk about how they came up with their sound, and it was, we really didn't have anything we came up with. We decided, you know, we'll try stuff. We'll just see what happens and we'll go for it. They didn't plan on anything. They just let things happen the way they are. And alongside writing with their friend, their producer as well. I mean, take a look at what they've done in their EP. Take a look at Rose and take a look at all the other things. Those songs are dynamic. They're different. They don't sound like the same cookie cutter songs that, especially when it comes to metal, that has been consistent, or metalcore that had been consistent from like 2013 till now. I mean, or even like 2013, 2015, all the way up to like maybe like 2020, 2021. But it's just the difference is they are willing to try things, they're willing to give things a shot, and they're willing to be open to the experience. And that is one thing I think that, you know, not only from their musical standpoint can be a big piece that we can take is 
understanding that you know being open to the experience you never know what might happen and it doesn't limit you but in life as well be open to the experience so it doesn't limit you and what you're able to do yes you might have things that are very comfortable to you yes you might have a comfort zone that you do not want to get out of i understand that it is very nice to be able to be in something that is the familiar that doesn't break away from this overall uh just routine that you might have but being open to those new things and being open to those new experiences has allowed Senna to try many different things in their music and from my standpoint as well it has allowed myself to try so many different things in life and get, experience so many different things that I never would have being open to the experience led to this podcast being open to the experience led to my crazy Europe trip being open to the experience led me to try out and go and see so many of these different bands that I had no idea who they were. Maybe because I liked one of the openers. Like, again, 2019, I want to go see Light the Torch because I want to see Howard Jones perform. I had really no idea about the two bands that were going on after him. It was Fit for a King, and then it was the first time I ever saw Ice Nine Kills. Being open to the experience, seeing what happened has led me down this fantastic path in life and is leading Senna down the fantastic path of music as well. So that might be the thing. For you guys, always remember, be open to the experience. So be open to Senna as well. Go and follow along with them on all their social medias. Go and follow along with them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Follow along on YouTube so you can watch their playthrough videos if that's something that's more interesting to you. Find them online. Go see a show that they're playing with Siamese and Resolve if you're over in Europe. Go and buy some merch. Go and say hi with the merch table. And go and subscribe and follow all of them on you know whatever streaming platform you prefer. Links in the description of the podcast, so go do that. Make sure you also find along with us on the Core Progression Podcast. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as well. Now, as once again, we're thinking we might pick that up. TikTok, though, done with it. So, all the links are to the podcast below. We post a lot about the episodes that are coming up. A lot of fun content on there. Instagram live streams every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Central. On top of that, we also connect you guys all over the place on there. So just message us. We'll be willing, we'll be loving to talk to you. And by we, I mean me. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Why you can watch it on YouTube, you can subscribe there, or you can subscribe on Spotify, Podcast, iRadio, Amazon, wherever you might see us. So please hit that subscribe button. It really helps out, really helps me out. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you already have done that, thank you. If you're gonna do that, thank you. If you're like, I don't want to do that, I'm gonna say please do. But if not, you're also welcome back anytime. Um, make sure you're, you know, so I want to say thank you to Phoenix Fitness as well. 25 and Yep, just 20% off. Use the code CPP20 at FNX at the comic strip for the podcast. Thank you, Marcel. Thank you, Simon. This one was a blast. If I do sell my kidney and make it out there, we're still going to have fun, but I might be down, you know, might be down a kidney. Uh, but on that note, that's me for you guys. Thank you for to the Core Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. It's a big, healthy, and hearty. See you.